when, as we go to the Word, let's pray. Father, thank you that, God, we are your children. And, Father, even as we've been singing about love this morning, I believe, Father, that you want to reveal your love to us. And, Father, we know that whenever we open the Bible, Father God, we meet with you, Father. Whenever we open this Word, we, we read a love letter that was written many years ago with your heart's intent to show us how much you love us. Father, we're so grateful that you are here this morning as we preach the word. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. So friends, I want to start with a question this morning. How many of you read user manuals? So when you buy a new item, you read the user manual. Let me just see. Let's just see. Okay. That's like 25%. Thank you. We won't ask others to raise their hands. I was just watching to see if my wife was going to raise her hand. She never reads the user manuals. It's only when she gets stuck, she calls me, Engineer, come and fix this thing. What tends to happen is we, we, we try to, to wing it. We try to just f- figure it out. And as we have been doing this series on the Word of God, we, we, we remind ourselves that God has given us a life user manual right here in the Word. And we tend to think that we can just wing life. We tend to think that we can just uh, uh, figure it out, and then when we get stuck, we, we go to the Bible. What does the Word have to say about this? And that is my challenge to you. We cannot just wing life. We need the Word of God. We need this user manual. We need this user manual. I like what Charles Spurgeon says. He says, if you ever find a Bible that's falling apart, it is usually because the owner is not falling apart. If you find a Bible that's falling apart, the user, the user normally isn't falling apart. And I'm carrying this Bible here that's falling apart, and there's a story behind this Bible. This Bible was given to me by my dad 25 years ago. And the story behind this Bible is I had just completed matric and uh, I had done well in my studies and uh, I had two scholarships from Unilever and Anglo-American. What a good place to be where you have to choose. I like this one. I don't like this one. I like this one. I don't like this one. And at that point, my dad came to me realizing that he doesn't have university fees to pay, not that he had money, but he just said, son, what can I buy for you as a gift for working so hard and completing your matrix so well? I think in his mind he was thinking he's going to be an engineer. He's going to cash in at some point, so I can just give him a blank check. Just choose whatever you want. At that point, I said, Dad, there's this Bible that I've been eyeing for many years. If you can buy me that Bible, that will be all that you can do for me. And the reason for this Bible is because there's three key things that I wanted here. It has a concordance. And it has also the history of the revivalists, people who have made impact through their lives in the Holy Spirit. And it also has a lot of things that helps you grow as a Christian. And most of all, it's King James Version. Now you must understand, 25 years ago, like the preachers then, you know, they were preaching King James Version. If you don't preach King James Version, it's not the real word. No, it's not. It's not true. Every word that comes from the Lord, it's the word that's inspired and anointed. But I wanted a King James Bible. This was my very first King James version of the Bible. 
And I was so blown away. I mean, like starting to read, like, thy word is lamp unto my feet and light unto my path. Just saying thy, it's so anointed, you know. <laughs> I, I was so blessed to have this Bible. But I thought to myself, I thought to myself, this is the most treasured possession I have, and I need to pass it on to my children. The best treasured possession I have is this word. And the same as my dad gave it to me, I need to pass it on to my children. So that's what I'm actually giving to you this morning. Let's do all that we can, that after we've educated our children, after we've done all that we can to help them become who God has called them to be, that we make sure we give them the word. We give them the word of God. So today we will be looking at um, obeying the word of God. Someone put it this way, obedience to Christ is not optional because it is the very foundation of the Christian life. Obedience to Christ is not optional. It is the very foundation of the Christian life. Scripture is very clear about living a holy life. The Bible says that without holiness, we will not see God. And at times we think of God's standard as up here, and we think, can we live up to the standard? And I want to remind you that the grace of God is deep enough to help us to live up to that standard. Even though it may sound like we will not be able to live to God's standard, the grace of God is deep enough to help us to live to that standard. Through obedience to the Word of God, we build a life that cannot be shaken. We build a life that cannot be shaken. I was uh, studying, uh, and for, for the millennials in the house, uh, the reason why I wanted a Bible with concordance is because there was no Google Google it that time, you know, you can just Google it, you know, you can find whatever you want. So now you can just Google if you want the Greek a definition of a word. So obedience in Greek is hupakuo, which means listening to the one giving charge and acting under the authority. Listening to the one giving charge and acting under the authority. As I was reading this, I thought to myself, the key words that comes out of this word obedience, it means listening and acting. Because James 1.22 says it very well. It says, do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourself. Do what it says. It is one thing to listen to the word. It is another thing to do what the word says. And that is acting in obedience. I like this phrase, listening to the one who's giving charge. It's like in the military, there's no confusion as to who's giving charge. In the military, there's no confusion who is the commander. In the military, there's no commission, there's no confusion on who is supposed to submit. There's no confusion. And for us, it's the same. Jesus is our commander. So our text today is Luke chapter 6. Verse 46, if you have your Bibles, open with me there, or it will be up here on the screen. Luke chapter 6, verse 46. We start reading here. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I tell you? Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when the flood arose, the stream broke against that house and could not shake it because it had been well built. But the one who hears 
and does not do them is like a man who built a house on the ground without a foundation. When the stream broke against it, it immediately fell, and the ruin of the house was great. May the Lord bless the reading and the teaching of His Word. Amen. When you read this very portion of Scripture in Matthew chapter 7, I like how they use the descriptor of a wise builder and a foolish builder. You remember if you went through uh, Sunday school or what we call kids' church today, there was a song we used to sing, and I promised my kids that I will not try to sing, but it goes like this. I am not going to sing. A wise man built his house upon the rock. A wise man built his house upon the... Wow, that anointing is rubbing off. That, that means my wife can sing, I cannot sing. A wise man built his house upon the rock, and a foolish man built his house on sand. And when the storms of life came, the house came crumbling down. John 14 verse 15 says, If you love me, you will obey my commands. If you love me, you will obey my commands. And as I was thinking about this, is the basis and the foundation of us obeying God's command and obeying His words is love. The basis of us obeying God's commands and doing what He asks us to do, it is not because we, we are obliged to do it. We do it because He loves us and we love Him in return. The basis of us following His commands, it is because He sent His Son to die for us on the cross to show us how much He loves us. So we don't just want to sing about this love on Sunday. We want to live with a revelation of this love. We want to live with a revelation of when He sent His Son to die for us on the cross, He wants us to live in a certain way, to live according to the standard, because Jesus is the only standard that we live up to. No one else but Jesus is the standard that we live up to. So when we read this, uh, the first phrase says, Why do you call me Lord, Lord, with that emphasis? So how many Christians would say, Lord, we have called you Lord all our lives, but actually... We never lived according to your word. And there's a few things that I want us to unpack from this portion of scripture that we've read. You, you have a choice to build to last or to build to collapse. Obedience is digging deep and laying a strong foundation that allows us to stand in the midst of storms and also to make it to heaven. So it means that when we obey, we know that when things are tough, we can be able to stand strong, and not only for the storms here in life, but we know that we will make it to heaven. Obedience means that when we build our lives on Jesus, the solid rock, we are convinced that when He comes again, we will not be like those who said, Lord, Lord, but did not do what He said they should do. So I'm submitting to you this morning that we have a choice to build to last or to build to collapse. Research shows that uh, most Christians spend only three minutes a day in the Word. Only three minutes a day in the Word. And I know some of you, you use the Version Bible app, which is great. I also use it too. But reading only the verse of the day is not enough. Because some of us, we just, oh, that's the revelation for today. Thank you, Jesus. Get into the shower. Get going. That's not enough. If you want to grow in God, pick up a Bible reading plan. We've got some great Bible reading plans on New Version. Also encourage you, we have given um, 
a Bible reading plan for, for, for the whole year, if you want to read the Bible through the year, or you just want to read the New Testament through the year, and then you do what we call SOAP. Pastor Siv shared about SOAP recently. That's the Scripture. Observe what God is saying through the Scripture. Apply what the Scripture is saying, and then pray over what you've read. Scripture. Read the Scripture. Observe what is God saying to me in this word, in this love letter, and then apply. How am I going to apply? Write down what you're going to apply and then pray over the same scripture. Pray over the word and you'll see what will happen. So I want to submit this to you, family. Digging deep to, the, to get to the bedrock is hard work. Can you commit to spend at least 15 minutes in the word daily and ask the Lord what he's saying to you and obey this word? Let's start there. Let's just start with 15 minutes. Am I hearing amen to that? Let's just start with 15 minutes. And you know that it's been said that if you want to develop a habit, do something for 21 days and it will become a habit. So leading up to the Easter weekend, we have 24 days. If you were to say leading up to us commemorating the death and the resurrection of our Lord, I'm going to commit to just reading 15 minutes a day in this word. And don't just read to pass through. Read to observe what he's saying to you. You'll be amazed what comes out of this word. You'll be amazed what comes out of this word. When you read to observe, God, what are you saying to us with this word? And I'm still building a case here for the power behind this word. The power to transform. At times when you read, you know, it it feels like, Lord, you know, it, it may feel dry, but you know that you are being washed away by the word. God is doing something in our hearts through this word. Last Sunday, I was driving through Senton, and you can see those buildings that are coming up there. As I saw these buildings, I thought, man, there's money in South Africa, hey? You get me, Dave? I mean, there's no way we can build uh, buildings like that if there's no money in South Africa. It's unfortunate that it's because of corruption that the money doesn't get to the poor people. And we need to deal with this root of corruption that's actually taking away from our people. That was not in the notes, but I had to mention something about it. It's important for us to see the transformation of lives in order to deal with corruption. We need to see the transformation of the heart to deal with corruption. As I was looking at these buildings, a thought crossed my mind. I remember that in building science, they say this, in order to go high, you have to go deep. If you want to build a high building, you have to go deep. In order to go to a place where God wants you to live at this height, you have to be willing to dig deep. And this is a thought that crossed my mind. Foundations are not glamorous, but they are absolutely, absolutely essential if you want a building to stand over the long haul. They are absolutely essential. You know, when I think about this parable that Jesus is giving to us, to the casual uh, looker or observer, they will be looking at these two buildings and they will say, man, these two buildings, they look so great, just like these two buildings standing here. But one thing that for sure is the only building that will stand is the building with a builder who took time to dig deep, knowing that even though the foundations may not be seen, a time is coming when I will be tested. A time is coming when the test of life will come and squeeze me so much what will come out of me. I was thinking to myself, when these two builders were building, it was not raining. 
Do you notice that when they were building, they had a choice to think about the future. It was not raining. But how many Christians leave from crisis to crisis? How many Christians only get into the Word when it is crisis, when it is raining? I'm here to say to you, do not wait for the crisis. Do not wait for the rain. Dig deep. Go deep in the Word. Go deep in the Word so that when crisis hits, you will be standing on the bedrock, which is Jesus Christ. We all face challenges. The Bible says in this world you will have many troubles, plenty troubles. But remember, I have overcome. I remember a couple of years ago, 2010, myself and Pastor Roger and a few others, we went to the mayor's office to pray with the mayor. And Pastor Roger had this word for the mayor, pulled out the Bible and started reading the very verse I've just mentioned. In this world, you'll have many troubles. But remember, I have overcome. At that point, I saw the mayor taking out his pen and writing down the word of the Lord. I thought, man, the kingdom of God has arrived in Joburg for the mayor to be writing a prophetic word. And a few months later, the mayor was on the news because of some allegations, and they were not true, but that word was what he needed for what was coming. So I'm saying to you today, do not wait for the crisis. Do not wait for the rain. Dig deep now. Dig deep now. Dig deep now, now before the crisis heats. When you are told that um, that very promotion or that position that you've been eyeing, you're no longer going to get, what comes out of you? What comes out of you? If you have stored the word in your heart, you can be able to say all things works for the good to those who love the Lord. When you are told that your child has been diagnosed with a, with a condition that you didn't even know exists, what comes out of you? Can you be able to say, Isaiah 53 says, by his stripes we are healed. What will you say when you're struggling to fall pregnant and you've been believing God for all these years and it's not happening? When the pressures of life are squeezing you, will you be able to say not even one of the promises that God gave to Israel failed? They are yes and amen in him. The promises of God are yes and amen in him. Will you be able to come up and call the scripture that's stored in you? What will you say when the storms of life starts hitting you and finances don't make sense. Will you be able to say, Psalm 65 verse 11, it says, You, Lord, you crown the year with bounty and your cards overflow with abundance. You crown the year with bounty and your cards overflow with abundance. You can claim the scriptures that are inside of you. Say, despite where I am financially, I know that our God is a God of abundance. He will come through for me. It is when you face with those challenges, when you are squeezed with the presence of life, that the scripture that's stored in here can come out. If there's nothing in there, what does the Holy Spirit have to work with? The Holy Spirit doesn't have anything to work with if the scripture is not there. The next point I want to bring to you is build to God or build to self. When we build on the solid foundation we're building to God, we are not building to self. It is a choice. The wise builder built to God. He chose to go deep before he can build his house. Best way I can put to you is when you peel away outside so many professing Christians, even many who are engaged in ministry, they're just living for self. What motivates their Christian service is not the glory of the Savior who gave himself for them, but it's self-glory. So when we choose to live to self, we forget that our primary purpose for living here on earth is to glorify him. We live to the audience of one. We live and please the audience of one. We do not live to please ourselves. 
Let's just unpack this for a little bit. I was just thinking to myself, there's two builders. Here's a wise builder who took time to drill, to dig deep until he gets to the bedrock. Here is a, a foolish builder who thought, man, it's not raining. There are no storms coming. Let me just uh, throw this house quickly, get in the house, get some passion fruit and lemonade, and chill. Let me put it in simple terms. There's three reasons why the foolish builder decided not to dig deep. One, he was lazy. Two, he was looking for immediate benefits. And three, he was short-sighted. So think about yourself in this moment. Put yourself in this grid. One, he was lazy because he, he didn't want to spend time digging deep. He just wanted to get rest of the day, move on. All right? And then you have the second one. By the way, let me just say, laziness is a path, to, is a path of least resistance. It's just quick, quick fix. Let's move on. Because obedience is not easy. Obedience means we have to spend time. Get in the Word and live according to the Word. The second thing is he, he was looking for just immediate benefits, like going to Christ for what he can offer, thinking that Christ offers free happy meals. He doesn't. The third thing that really speaks to me about building to self is he was short-sighted. He didn't think about the future. He didn't think about what is going to come, what is going to happen when the tests of life come. I was thinking to myself, uh, when I was a student at Vets University many, many years ago, and I was in a courtship relationship with my wife. And uh, guys who were my neighbors, they would have their girlfriends come to spend the night. The one thing I didn't understand is if you go visit the ladies' res, you are, allowed to, you are expected to leave at 11 o'clock. You can't stay be beyond 11 o'clock. But with the guys' res, the ladies can stay overnight. I heard you shooting, you at men's res. <laughs> so if you stayed at men's res, you knew that, you know, the ladies can just stay and sleep over. It was the pleasure of the moment that the guys fell into. They were short-sighted, forgetting that life happens. What happens when that lady gets pregnant? And I remember that one thing that kept me through those years of staying pure from the time I got saved to the time we got married, what kept me pure was the Word of God, was the Word that was stored inside here. I remember Psalm 119, we used to memorize it. Verse 9 says, how can a young man keep his way pure? It's by living according to your Word. I was thinking about verse 11 of Psalm 109 when it says, I have hidden my Word in my heart so that I will not sin against you. I was thinking about verse 130, which says that the entrance of your word gives light and understanding to the simple. When the word is stored up, and you know that you can actually have the lady sleep in your bedroom, and you remember the word of God, and you draw the line and say, no, I am not going to cross this line. So I'm saying to all of you here, maybe the Lord is speaking to you, you know that there's certain areas in your life where you've crossed the line, and you need to go back to the word. You need to go back to the Word and say, what does the Word of God expect of me? Am I building to God or am I building to self? Am I building to glorify God or am I building to self? When the pressures of life squeeze us, 
what comes out of you. I love this First John 3. We know that we have come to know him if we keep his commands. Whoever says I know him but does not do what he commands is a liar. Strong words. And the truth is not in that person. But if anyone obeys his word, love for God is truly made complete in him. This is how we know we are in him. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. Jesus is our model. Whoever claims to live in him must live as Jesus did. And I want to end with this part. Build to succeed. When we obey the word, we are guaranteed to succeed. When we obey the word, we are guaranteed to prosper. It is right here in one of my favorite verses of Scripture. Moses is speaking to Joshua. Let's just pause there for a little bit. The, the relationship between Moses and Joshua is an awesome relationship. Basically, Joshua had someone older than him who he could look up to and speak into his life. And as I was praying uh, for the word this morning, I thought to myself, there are so many young people that need Moseses in their lives. I thought to myself, I'm grateful that we have the legends in this church who can be there for you as a young person to say, I need some wisdom in this area of my life. I'm so grateful for the legends in this church. It's people, you know, uh, culturally, when older people speak, you listen. You know, Brenda Guttrell is not here this morning. Uh, she's one lady that I listen when she speaks. Because normally after I finish pre uh, preaching, she'll call me Sai. Sai, she calls me like this, Sai. And a few years ago, she said, Sai, you know, every time when you read the Bible, when you read Scripture, you're reading too fast. You must slow down a little bit. Can you believe every time I read the Scripture, I, I hear Brenda. I hear Brenda speaking. I hear those words. I hear those words. I, hear, I remember the words of an elderly person who, who spoke. And I want to encourage you, if you're a young person in this church, you don't have to have a, a set appointment. Go to the older people. The wisdom that they carry is amazing. You know, recently, Lindy and I were sitting with Dave and Sarah Potter here, and when they told us, we were, going through a, we were going through something, and when they told us about their marriage, I won't tell you what they said. We thought, oh, thank you, Lord. We're not that bad. <laughs> Dave, I'll let you share the story yourself. At that meeting right there and there, we thought to ourselves, man, wow, we thought we lost the plot, you know. And they just said, guys, chill. You're not doing that bad. We need each other. That ex intergenerational connection is so powerful. Listen to this, coming out of that connection. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Meditate on the word. Pastor Roger spoke about meditation last week. Meditate. Ruminate. Stay in the word. Be careful to obey everything that is said. Whenever there is repetition in the word, it speaks of emphasis. Whenever there is repetition, it speaks of emphasis. Meditate on the word. Memorize the word and obey this word. I just was thinking about this. In our cell phones, we have notifications. You get a notification for a calendar. You get notifications for your text message. You get notification 
even for WhatsApp, you get notifications from your version. So many notifications. It, it, it is worth a while to set off some of those notifications because they are distractions. Amen? I have turned off the WhatsApp notifications because it's just too busy. It's just too much. There's a lot happening all the time. So I've turned it off. And I was thinking to myself, one of the ways we can memorize, meditate, and obey this word is to actually make sure that we've stored enough word that when the Holy Spirit notification comes, we have something to work with. We have something to work with. So you can turn off all the other notification settings, but do not turn off the Holy Spirit. And I felt I should share with you this morning that some of you, you have turned off the Holy Spirit notification. When he prompts you, there's no word inside of you. You have turned off that setting where you can hear him speak to you. I was thinking about John 14, 26, where it says, When the advocate, the Holy Spirit, comes, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and remind you of all that I've taught you. When the Holy Spirit is there in you and the Word of God is there in you, the Holy Spirit has got something to work with. When the Word of God is not stored in us, the Holy Spirit has got nothing to work with. So this is uh, something to take home. James 1.22 Do what God's Word says. Don't merely listen to it and fool yourself. Do what it says. Do not fool yourself by just listening to the Word. Today, as you've heard the Word, remember my exhortation to you is take 15 minutes a day Read the word, hear what God is saying to you, and put it into practice. This is our memory verse for this week. Everyone who comes to me and hears my words and does them, I will show you what he is like. He's like a man building a house who dug deep and laid a foundation on the rock. And when a flood arose, the streams broke against the house. It could not shake it because it was well built. Let us stand to pray. As we are praying, I remember the words of one great man of God. He used to get, I think it was Bill Bennett, who used to get our Bibles. You remember, Raj? He says, raise your Bible. He says, I love my Bible, and my Bible loves me. I can say what the Word says I can do. I, I, I can say what the Word says, and I can do what the Word says I can do. So I want to encourage you to take this Word and say, I can do what this word says I can do. Amen. Father, I pray this morning that, God, we will be people of the word. I pray that, God, we will uphold the word, Father God. Lord, I pray that, God, we will not be like those who spend only three minutes. And, God, not to make anyone feel guilty, but it is to actually challenge us, Father, to go deep in your word. Father God, to see what will happen when we start consuming this word. Lord, I'm reminded of the fact that a lot of us are imprisoned and incarcerated by the words that other people have said to us. We're imprisoned by the words that we have said to ourselves. We're imprisoned by the stuff and the material that we consume because we are not consuming the word. And I pray today that we will repent and consume the word, Father God, and uphold the word and put it up before anything and everything in our lives. And out of that, I believe we will see success.
Out of that we will see prosperity. Out of that we will see when storms of life come, we will not be squeezed out. The Word of God will ooze out of us.